0: Hello, good people. Welcome to the Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. My friend, St. Aaron A. said that the glory of God is man fully alive. You know, we, we stop and take in the mountains and say, "Wow, that's beautiful. Stand in front of the ocean and let ourselves be moved by it. I love meeting real life Catholics. I love people. And when I meet someone who's real special and <clears throat> has a beautiful story to tell, I'm so excited to bring them on here. So you could bask in the glory of God in this person with me and, and learn about the grace of God, learn about how to follow him. So I'm excited for our, our guest today, who is uh, was born in Africa, is a Catholic entrepreneur, doing incredible things for the church. Thanks for being with us. So, with us today, to talk about his conversion experience. His, his love for the Lord, the ways that he serves him as, as an entrepreneur in the church, his journey to America, Masango Osang.
1: Thank right. you for having me, Chris. Hey man, it's an
0: honor to have you with us. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk, but as always, I let our viewers interrupt yeah. our conversation because this is about them. So text your questions to 720 650 That's 720 650 at any time to bust up our conversation and basically be part of the conversation. Uh, So you grew up in Cameroon. Yes, I did. Tell us about the experience. I mean, you've you've experienced the church in Cameroon and in the United States. How does it differ? You know, aside from uh, my my familiarity with with the experience of Catholicism in Africa Mm -hmm. is limited to, What a couple friends who have been on mission there told me that it's absolutely blown their mind. Right. Uh, And videos I've seen of of Catholic Mass in Africa. Right. Uh, What's your experience? What was it like, growing up there as a Catholic?
1: Well, pretty much I'll tell you what the Mass is the same everywhere. You know, in Africa it's just the dancing, the culture. We're trying to bring in our culture into the whole celebration of Mass. It's more, it's fun, exciting. We sing all of our African songs and. But it's pretty much the same as, uh, in regards to the leadership. Leadership is always the same. You cannot change that. Yeah. But it's just bringing the African tradition, the Cameroon tradition into the mass that makes it really exciting. Right. Yeah. Lots of energy. Very fun. And
0: are it, it, drums a sacred instrument in Cameroon as well? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: so they use drums and instruments yeah. just to really bring the mass make it live and fun and that's really beautiful So this is
0: not i mean like some american viewers might say like the drums at mass i'm really uncomfortable with that this is not a drum set like (laughs) no it's not like that this is this is literally it's it's, uh, the equivalent of the organ in certain countries
1: in africa where this would be right and they use the drums more when we have like a special thanksgiving or it's not like every mass no yeah so yeah
0: and the uh and the dancing okay again if you're in an American liturgy, right? Uh, you know, if, if, the, if people are dancing and, and like people might say, "Okay, this is kind of strange." <laughs> uh, whereas standing still mm-hmm. in an in, in, in African context might be considered strange. You know, like right. it's it's an act of reverence as people are going up for communion to
1: right. to be moving. Yeah, right. It's Thanksgiving, right? We have to be joyful. We have to sing. We have to give praises. Now during Thanksgiving, when we're bringing the gifts to the altar, there's a procession people dancing right Mm. so it's it's more fun okay
0: so how often you go back home
1: oh boy it's been a while (laughs) the last time i went back home was 2007 when i brought my my first daughter was born in cameroon so i went back home brought her here with my wife so that was 2007. plan to make a trip sometime this year though
0: next time you go man tell me yeah I want to. maybe i'll come
1: with you absolutely let's do a real life catholic show in cameroon yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) dude right
0: (laughs) absolutely okay so so like most uh Catholics, you grew up. This is part of your culture. This mm-hmm. is something your family did. Right. Um, your heart was not into it. Right. There's a big before and after. And this is something I encounter. Like I, I travel the world and evangelize. I help people get into their, in their faith. But for me, that doesn't mean I'm going out to people who have never heard of church. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mostly evangelizing people who have consider themselves Catholic, uh, but their hearts are far from the Lord. And this is this is a story throughout the. The Bible. I mean, throughout the Old Testament, the prophets are usually calling people who would say, yeah, I'm Jewish and I go to temple, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with my life. Right. And I know that was you. You had it before and after. So tell me about, about what you had been like growing up Catholic, but, but uh, as kind of a player, right? What right. changed you? What, got, what grabbed you and, and what it's like now? Tell, tell me your story.
1: Yeah, so long. story. how much time do we have? <laughs> yeah,
0: all the time you want, man. <laughs> okay. we're, they cut us. They, they say they cut us off in twenty-five right. minutes from now, right. but I just keep going. Man. Right, right.
1: But, yeah. right. <laughs> so you know what? I, my grandparents from my dad's side were very practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad, you know, I grew up in a typical family, a Catholic family home, uh, praying the Rosary, going to Mass every Sunday. I went to an all. Do you pray boy- a
0: family Rosary every day together? Or how
1: well, not back then, but now I do it with my kids. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we we'll do the family rosary. My aunt, my dad's a junior sister, she was very, she, had a, she was at a whole different level. She was like, she's very charismatic, Catholic. She prays. So when we go there, mm. like for holidays, we have to do the family rosary with our cousins, like 20 people praying the rosary. That's awesome. So it was, our faith was huge, very important for us. And I went to an all-boys Catholic school, boarding okay. school middle school and high school. Okay. So my faith was really part of my life. I actually fell in love with God when I was 10 at a very young age. So you didn't like,
0: have a big falling away, man. No,
1: like in the beginning, my first yeah. the first 13 years of my life was like mm. humble boy, played a lot of sports, soccer, school. I was an A student. I loved the church, loved going to mass. Okay. So I had that. So at the age of 10, I developed this habit where I would go look at myself in the mirror for like 10 minutes and ask these questions. Who are you? Who created you? And that's how I really fell in love with God very deep in a very remarkable way. Who taught you how to do that? No, I don't I know. I was just, I, I'm naturally spiritual. It's just, it's just so I, I like to like meditate naturally from a young age, just like spiritual stuff.
0: What were the questions again that you had like, asked yourself? Like, Who am I, Who
1: created me? What am I supposed to do? What am I, what am I here for? Okay, this is,
0: I want to I uh, marinate in that for right. a minute, okay? Because some people go, consume Catholic stuff. They watch this show. Right. And then they get inspired, and they consume more Catholic stuff. Right. And that's cool. Uh-uh. Like, like we produce Catholic stuff, you produce Catholic stuff. You have Correct. great Catholic apps. And I think people miss out on the point that the whole purpose of the preaching ministry of the church right. is so people learn to preach to themselves. Exactly. You know, right. if, if you just keep consuming from, you know, Scott Hahn, Ida Kelly, Tim Gray, it's like you're you're kind of missing the point. You got to look in the mirror. Right. And I'm amazed you did that yeah. as a kid, because I, I that's something I didn't start doing.
1: Do it. It's scary,
0: but <laughs> yeah, frankly, I didn't start doing that until I started realizing the power of it. Because I started preaching to others that they should do it. I thought, right. oh, this is—I mean, if, if you really want to change your life, you got to start metanoia, I man. Transform your mind, absolutely, and start preaching to yourself. Right. And literally in the mirror. A lot of people think, oh, that's totally cheesy. Like, no, no, right. it's, yeah, it's actually right. really
1: powerful. <laughs> it is powerful. So
0: who who am I? Who created really? me? What am I? What here? am I here yeah. for? Yeah.
1: Ten years old. I started that. That's an act of grace that God taught you to do. That. Right. Right. So, anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, that was my deep encounter with the mirror, right? That was just my, my mom used to scream at me, Get off the mirror, what are you doing? 10 minutes. And I just fell in love with God in a very remarkable way. So, oh, and then cool. went to boarding school, Catholic school, all boys, about a thousand students. Yeah. Um, like, Mass every day. In fact, we went to Mass morning and then evening prayer, like, in, uh with a Prayer before me, prayer after meal. so it was intense. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, love, again, love sports, love the Lord, love school. Um, then when I turned 13, um, just, things just changed. Okay, I tell me how they changed. I encountered some friends in the school that were drinking. Yeah. Uh, they were just doing things, you know, dodging school, mm-hmm. going out to watch porn, and mm-hmm. doing some kind of things. and. I got, I got, um, I got into that myself.
0: Because Thomas Aquinas, I think, said that your your whole salvation could depend on who you choose as your friend. Right, it's very, it's key. Yeah, that's what really I tell is. my kids. My friends, so because to have that much beauty uh, right. that you had by the grace of God, uh, get smashed by those friends. Okay, so you fell into that crowd.
1: Right. So we will skip school. So as the first encounter, I went out with friends, and usually the school would let us go out to shop. For a few hours, so this day I, you know, I'm out with the friends, and, and you know, before I notice, I can't find four of them. I'm like, where are they? And I find them yeah. in the bar drinking. This is like we're like 13 years old.
0: So you, you, think uh. you that's something you can't get away with in the U.S. at yeah. 13. Yeah, you <laughs> there's but one they, difference. They culturally.
1: unfortunately they, they sell you alcohol. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's bad. So yeah. 13, 14, 15 years old. With I saw them, I, I was so upset. I'm like, yeah. what is this? They're smoking. I didn't do it i'm like you guys just you're just kidding me so mm-hmm. i left and i started thinking about it never went off my mind i'm like okay this might be fun some adventure yeah and yeah. they started calling me names weak boy holy boy soccer mm-hmm. boy mm-hmm. and so i'm like okay you, cr- you crumbled i crumbled yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah. happens to a lot of people yeah went out with them the next time and took a beer took and that's it started got into yeah. me I started drinking, went home for like summer holidays. My parents could not recognize me. Wow. I was looking for parties, you know, wow. party, party, you know, drinking, you know. time wow. God I didn't do a lot of drugs, um, I, you know. But it was more of the party, drinking, smoking. Um, yeah. s- some women, not a lot of that. But yeah. it, it got intense. By the time I was 15, I was, I was just something else. Wow. Um, got expelled from the school. I got expelled from like five schools wow mostly christian and catholic schools so it was intense um, alcohol um, <clears throat> I mean, i'm telling you that party yeah yeah part, like,
0: party. like it, it it has such an effect on the soul right. it's crazy yeah some parents like they, they deal with um symptoms from that right like my kid's right. becoming disengaged and thinks he's cooler than everybody and doesn't right. listen it's like is he smoking weed yeah i mean it's, it's not that yeah. complicated sometimes it's like, not that, it's that's not. really all that it takes sometimes right.
1: so i was really really into yeah. parties got yep. into a lot of fights i was always fighting sometimes, yeah. and um, it was intense for about six years. I then dropped out of school, dropped out of high school. Ended up dropping
0: off. At the age of 16?
1: Uh, well, at the age of about 17, 18, you know. Wow. So it was, um, and then my dad moved to the U.S. <clears throat> when I was 18, so I was 16. Yeah, And that even got worse because my mom could not take it. And then my brother, too, we were doing that together. Had your
0: parents got divorced?
1: Well, they, they, they say, yeah, divorced, yeah. Um, so my mom could not handle me and my brother too was were just doing the same things and it got pretty intense. Wow. And I wouldn't even eat food. I was just partying, 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 partying and you know the only thing that was still in me my I, my prayer life was I still had a little bit of it. I I was still pray.
0: Yeah, did you still have that sense from when you were a kid? Cuz I had, I had this time where it was like I was in love with the Lord. Yeah. And I had this time of partying and it wasn't that long or that right. intense but I always had this like uh, this GPS inside of me saying, mm-hmm. at the next roundabout, make a U-turn. <laughs> at
1: the next roundabout, yeah. make a U-turn. I but always you, had that.
0: Did you feel that? Yeah, like all the dis- time. Okay, so and, those roots, man.
1: Yeah,
0: right. pa- parents started to despair in their kids. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your parents almost despaired in you. Right. But yeah. the roots are there, man, there. when you're raised that way. Right. So what, what started to
1: bring you around? So I was, you know, I always knew I was doing something wrong. It was yeah. bad, bad life. Um, you know, one thing that never left me was the prayer. I would come home drunk, right? But yeah. I would still sit, manage to say my our father, make sign of the cross. Wow. I, I always had that. That didn't really go away. Wow. And the Lord was always I, calling me back to my, to my faith. But I was like, just mm-hmm. the party was so fun for me. I could not stop. Um, and at 14, 15, I would leave the house for like a month. My parents wouldn't know where I, where I, where I am. Wow. Like during like summer holidays, I would just go away. Wow. And um, I was fortunate, my dad, my dad had money. So yeah. I, I grew up in Africa, but not from the poor side. We had the means, so there was money. So the party was there, right? Mm. So we had the means. Mm. Um, and then I had to stop. I had this feeling that I was gonna die if I continued living this lifestyle. Because mm. I wasn't eating right, the whole lifestyle, and sometimes I would get into fights. Um so, there's a spiritual death <clears throat> that was going yeah, in front right, of you. Right. The so
0: Lord I, illuminated that. Exactly. Warrior.
1: So and so this time around, my my dad was like, my dad had moved here. he's like, you need to go get your GED if you want to come to the U.S. So go to your aunt. So you wanted to follow him, to the right. U.S. right? I yeah. wanted to. My I knew I was going I was coming here. Yeah. Um, so, but I wasn't interested in school or anything. I just wanted to come to the U.S. and you know, just the party was you know. Um. So I went to my aunt's house, lived there. My dad is like, go get your GED. So I enrolled in school. Um, back in school, twelfth grade. That's twelfth grade year uh so to get the GED yeah, I was yeah, eight, yeah. 18, 19 yeah so my aunt's house is like a church she prays all the time There's okay holy water every day <laughs> so, the mm, devil wasn't like it there yeah I thought she was gonna be very strict but somehow she just led me like during morning prayers she would call everyone you cannot wow. stay there and not pray 5 a.m. wow rosary okay so but this time she was, she was relaxed she didn't I would come home every day at 1 a.m. 2 a.m. 3 a.m. she wouldn't say anything and sometimes I'll meet her praying. She prays at 1 a.m., 2 a.m.
0: Are you serious?
1: Oh, yeah, she's intense. Oh, my goodness. So
0: you know, there, so this is what got you back.
1: Yeah, and I didn't realize it. I was departing. I yeah. wasn't even, I was just skipping the school. And one day, I was, the mirror, the mirror got me. I was taking a shower to go out and party. Mm. I crossed by, I had stopped looking at the mirror.
0: Oh, and that. oh, hold on. I got it.
1: Yeah. That's just profound, mm-hmm. man. Right.
0: I stopped look you stopped looking at yourself.
1: Yeah, I stopped looking.
0: That's profound. Myself, so
1: I stopped that practice.
0: Wow. Okay, so you caught mm-hmm. yourself in the mirror yeah. on the website. So to I was party. going
1: out, so I was trying to dress up and some I heard a voice. I look at myself in the mirror. The voice? I can't explain how the it wasn't like a loud voice. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Mm. I recognized the voice. It was that same mirror. That's same my experience when I was 10 years old, coming back. I just, it was immediate. It was the I, voice of Jesus? Yes, the voice of God, Jesus, some voice, wow. just said to me, what are you doing to yourself? Wow. So I fell on the ground, knelt, and just crying. Mm. Crying, crying. I didn't go out, I took the Bible. Mm. Yeah, and,
0: God is good. Yeah,
1: amen. So I started praying the Bible. <sighs> so that was my whole, that's how my reversion story started, journey.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, you know, people underestimate their power too in spreading the faith. Right. That happened at your aunt's house, right? Correct. That happened in a place where she wasn't an eloquent preacher. Mm-hmm. She, didn't have, she didn't have an Instagram page. No. She didn't have a Catholic <laughs> app. She prayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, man, it's like the, the, the devil just doesn't like it in a place like that. You know, all the demonic right. influence, mm-hmm. all the influences, all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. Okay, in so, the, so that, that was a turning point for you. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone texted in, how do you avoid temptations, or, or, or how did you avoid them back then, too, to fall mm-hmm. back into the old lifestyle after you had that Yeah, shift. I just
1: stopped going to those places. Changed friends. Stopped going it. to bars that's and everything. all that stuff. You have to change completely. Yeah. yeah. And that's what really helped me.
0: Yeah. I read one uh, stat, I'm forgetting the exact numbers, so forgive me, Um, but there was an astronomically high percentage of people who became heroin addicts in Vietnam to Mm. cope with the stress of the war. Um, And when they came back, 90% of them stopped cold turkey. Mm. Whereas Uh people who live here Become heroin addicts, go to rehab, come back home. Yeah, only about ten percent or so right. succeed in staying sober. It's all about changing the atmosphere. Your 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 atmosphere will eat your willpower for yeah. breakfast, right? Right. right. And uh, just to have that courage, that's huge. To say yeah. I'm I'm done with those friends. Right. Uh, let's Let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you have this conversion. You come to the United States. Yeah. yeah. What, what What's it like? Um, I mean, I, I take for granted. Uh, having grown up here right you know, when you're yeah. in Cameroon and thinking about the US how, what's the perception like of the United States and of Americans mm. when you're not here thinking about coming here is it uh, is it a threatening place is it land of the free is it like what do what you what's the what are the
1: what's the brand for yeah a kid it's, it's um, the place of opportunities yeah endless opportunities right endless yeah, opportunities right wow you know and in cameron what 50 60 percent unemployment 50 60 yeah, percent unemployment maybe even higher you get a degree no job you drive wow. a cab right it's 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 rough so oh, this yeah. is this is where you come and make it right
0: wow right. okay so coming here um Did you miss the mass when you came here? Did you miss the mass Um, in Africa, or for some reason,
1: not much? It was easy for me. It was easy for me. Um, Mass that tend to be longer—two hours, one hour, thirty minutes, two hours. Okay. Yeah, it's like (laughs) the only thing I got was like, "Oh, this is short. Forty-five minutes, you're done." (laughs) But other than that, it was pretty. I, I just—I mean, it was easy um, switch for me. Did you find it to be
0: what you had dreamt of? Did you find it to be a land of opportunity, yeah. or did you find it to be a land that was like, here's a guy, because there's some, there's. Um, I, I think uh, fear of immigrants is real, I think racism is real, right. but I also think it's an isolated experience people have, or an experience that's more prominent in particular pockets in the United right. States. People think that like the US, and they wanna paint it all with one brush, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just not true. It's just like it depends on where you are. Um, but of course, I speak as somebody who's mm-hmm. a white dude who grew up here. Right. You know. So, did you did you encounter because I, I, you know a lot of the a lot of national debates lately are saying no, no, the whole thing is mm-hmm. is bad and corrupted, and you can't get anywhere unless you're a certain mm-hmm. color or were born here. What was your experience with that? Did you experience racism? Did you experience uh, walls of saying you're not welcome here, or did you experience generally? Uh, a welcome and an encouragement to succeed?
1: No, not at all. Um, Not at all, which one? uh, Not, no, I haven't experienced racism, except for this one time, I I don't know if that was racism, but um, I mean, it was just so much opportunity to go to school, to get a job, to start a business. I mean, you can see from my story, right? It speaks for itself, so. So the brand
0: was real for you? It was real for me, and for
1: most part, for most Africans, right? Yeah. It's it's good. I mean you can look at the stats. Most people from Africa come in here. They make it, they go to school, get a college. Yeah. What is that stats that uh, Nigerians are the most educated?
0: Really? Praise yeah.
1: God. I can't remember even even maybe more than whites. Praise God. Yeah. That's so praise awesome. God. So if you come here where we realize you work hard, you follow the rules, yeah. you follow the law, this is a country of laws. Yeah. You abide to the laws. Of course some people might but personally I've not experienced yeah. Um, you know, I I
0: I've been to um I think one of the reasons, I, I, right. I, if there's a disproportionate success for right. some people from, from Nigeria, from Cameroon, right. I've, I've been to a lot, a lot of underdeveloped nations and, and doing mission work and stuff, and the right. entrepreneurial right. spirit there is insane.
1: Right. I is. mean, the,
0: the strength of the people, mm-hmm. uh, it, it moves me to tears. Because uh, like, <laughs> there's so little that they have to deal with, but right. man, they, they set up shop on the side yeah. of the road, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. start a business, right. and nobody's holding them up. Right. And right. if there's, I mean, you go to Haiti, if there's a hurricane and they lose three family members, right. the next day at 5 a.m., they're up working their field. Mm-hmm. Because they don't eat if they don't do that. Exactly. But there's but there's also this, this resilience and hope mm-hmm. that blows my mind. Right. Um, so culturally, I think that's that's a, a world, to come from that world to, to a place where there's not a 50% unpo- unemployment, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, look out. Um, so praise God for that entrepreneurial spirit right. in you, Absolutely. man. It's, yeah. uh, it's beautiful. Um, so tell tell me about your entrepreneurial journey the businesses you started here how it's been the the catholics businesses you're mm-hmm. starting right now mm-hmm. that's one of the, re- the reasons i thought I got, people have to hear this guy right He's, right right cool stuff in the church
1: so i i have been uh, always passionate about being an entrepreneur since i was 19. what, I,
0: what about it turns you on
1: i don't know just uh, creating businesses right I just like the idea of that's really my passion. I can't really explain it, but that's, I, I wouldn't do any other job. Right? Then create it's, businesses. Create Which businesses. It's fun, isn't it? Right, it's just, fun for, to yeah. me. My wife wouldn't say that. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the next paycheck? <laughs> exactly. right. It's, it's hard, right? Yeah. It's hard. It's risky. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is just my passion. Uh, mm. I went to college. I started accounting and business when I came here in the U.S. Um, I didn't want to be an accountant. I wanted mm. to be an entrepreneur. I started accounting because I wanted to learn the language of business. And so when I got off college, I started my first business in the medical space. This was twenty uh, was 2006, 2007. I've never worked for anyone, but, wow. know, except for my dad. He, he had a small uh, business. He was an entrepreneur. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, okay. but, um, but I've never had, had a, a job. So I started that business right after college. Medical uh, offering medical services, medical billing, accounting wow. services to um, healthcare professionals. So that was my first business.
0: There's, um, I mean, to do that right out of college, right? Uh, there's, there's, it, it requires something special about you. Yeah. Uh, not just natural giftedness with starting yeah. business, but also I, I would guess a lot of courage.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with courage, <laughs> taking risk. Yeah, risk taking. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it can be, it can be dangerous, but that's I'm able to. That's how I'm built. Because mm. you have to understand how you're made. Yeah. So um, your
0: sweet spot is taking those risks.
1: Right. That's my sweet spot. And I had an offer to work for an accounting firm. I didn't. I didn't want to do it. Wow. I just went in straight to the business. It took about nine months for me to build it up. Within nine months, it was we started making generating revenue. Mm. But after like five years of doing that business, I was just lost. I didn't like it. So okay. I wasn't passionate okay. about it. I'm like, Lord, is this it? There's something. Yeah. I, I just believe that it was something the Lord wants me to do. Mm. I was very convinced. So I went to Him. And but by this time, I was becoming very active in my faith. I became a knight. I became a catechist. Mm. I became a Eucharistic like, minister. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. So,
0: so you felt called to jump into Catholic entrepreneurship.
1: Correct. So I didn't like that. Other, I mean, it was making money, yeah. but I wasn't passionate yeah, about it, okay, it's extremely okay. bored to me. So I started praying and asking the Lord, is there something I can use my talent to do something? Mm. And then I teaching faith formation, second grade faith formation. Mm. I realized my students were not engaged. The books are great, but they were not engaged. Right. And as an entrepreneur, I want to solve problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I was discerning and asking the Lord, what is it? How can I be involved here?
0: Uh, what you just said. Someone asked a question: as an entrepreneur, how do you avoid over attachment to material things? Good question, <laughs> texted in, and I think that you just gave a hint at the answer. That your primary driver is I want to solve problems. Right.
1: You want to solve problems. Not, I want to make money. Yeah. A true entrepreneur doesn't. You don't think about the money in the beginning. It's more of. Yeah. You want to solve a problem. You hire other people who, have, who think I right, exactly. the money. <laughs> right. When the, the money starts coming in, you have to control your mind, make sure that you don't get caught up with that, right? Um, control your mind right. to literally reject thoughts. Right. Uh, right. That's hard, man. Right. Isn't yeah. it? Because the money is a necessity
0: to, to, mm-hmm. to fuel the mission, to right. fill your family. Right. But the thought comes in, because I, I struggle with this too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm more direct uh, apostolic work. mm mm-hmm. um, but it's still it's also a business. I have right. employees I have to feed and and a family I have to feed. And the the thought comes in. I, I literally have to call up scriptures to answer the thought. Right. And like, no, the he you know, he provides with a sparrow and not right. <laughs> a hair falls on <laughs> my head without without me knowing. Then mm. I can't be driven by that. Exactly. Even though I see the money sitting there in mm. different ways, like that's not but yeah, do you find yourself often battling that, or is it kind of like, is it not a big struggle for you? It's
1: not. fortunate. it's not a big, big struggle. Um, naturally, I tend to be simple, so yeah, it's, it's easy for me. Yeah. So, right. so you don't need a whole lot. Right, right. Okay. right. That's a, that's a, so, that's but a I like to give more because uh, I come from in Africa. You have people back home that need help, so mm-hmm. they inspire me to work hard. And I, I give the money to them. So you're sending money home yeah. to your family? Yeah, I have to. I cousins and people that I don't have, you know, have to help them.
0: Wow, wow. Right. Okay, so tell us about what you created in the Catholic space.
1: So my experience with teaching Faith formation led me to praying and asking the Lord, how do I, how do I solve this problem? And, you know, I just, long story short, I got this idea to create a Catholic tablet. I, hmm. I, you know, the whole mission became create modern tools for catechists. That will engage the students. You know, the, these kids are used to watching videos. like t- technology. Yeah, How yeah. can we use technology for good? The church is always behind. Yep. So I'm like, we need to give these kids stuff that to meet them where they are. right? Awesome. So that's the whole idea of the company that I formed to, to create these modern tools for Catholic so you got a, a,
0: a tablet?
1: A tablet, right. The all the Catholic kids stuff. can
0: use with a bunch of Catholic apps on it. Right.
1: right. They can use, use that tablet. It's safe, has all the Catholic content. They're playing, but they're learning the faith. Right. That's awesome. So that's the first uh, product we created. How do people uh, get it? Uh, on the website, biblezone.com. It's also on Biblezon.com. How do you spell it? No, no that? E at N B I B L E Z O N.com. like Kind of like Amazon, but biblezone. Right. Yeah, right, right. com. And Hopefully, yeah. we don't try to sue you for that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> at least not yet. Um, <laughs> so that was the first product. And then we, we launched a Catholic Brain, online platform for faith formation, Catholic pre-K brain. yep. CatholicBrain.com. How do people
0: get (laughs) CatholicBrain.com? yeah. Okay, so it's a platform for Faith Formation. Faith Formation, right. Tell us, give us a 35,000 foot view of what that is.
1: Well, right now we have about 1,200 parishes and schools that use it, about 600 plus uh, homeschool families, individuals. We have teachers also using it. It has over, I would say over 2,000 videos, video lessons, Bible stories, quizzes, very engaging material for for kids. So it's amazing.
0: Beautiful. Is is a good question. Is Formed available on your tablet?
1: Formed is available. I believe so. <laughs>
0: well,
1: we got to check on that. Yes. We're in the building here. It, we got to make sure I, yeah. it is. You know, I, here's, I here's one of the beautiful
0: things, things about. Uh, I love. I do, One of the reasons that like, they asked me, like, you have your own apostolate. Really, kind like, come do this show, and, and that we're having you on to talk. There, there's like, there's a there's an entrepreneurial spirit here in Denver too. Like, right. There's there's space, man, for everybody to do cool stuff yeah. and to partner together. And to throw all that stuff together at people, uh, so I just yeah, that, yeah. That will we need look, to walk looks, together look, more, right? Yeah. We're we're Amen. really
1: spreading the gospel right in yeah, different ways. Right. We shouldn't that's be right. competing. Yeah.
0: So you're so you're um you're you're put all your entrepreneurial gifts at the service of the church. How has that experience been different from putting those gifts to the service of the world? As you know, people are people wherever you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha, have you encountered the same frustrations in working with people within the church? It's the same, oh my God. Sometimes
1: okay. worse, I'll tell you that.
0: Okay, I, tell, <laughs> tell me how works without, without you know, I, the naming names. Yeah, or.
1: I thought it would be different. You call people working at a parish or some other Catholic business, and mm-hmm. sometimes they're mean to you, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing, people, you hire people, they don't deliver, and... It's still a business, it's still people, right? You have to right. constantly really explain to them, this is the mission, we have to lead by example. But yeah. I was frustrated, I mean, I'm still frustrated, but it's still people, yeah. honestly, right? Yeah. So it's, it's the same.
0: What's the, what's the difference between a, a Catholic entrepreneur and an entrepreneur who's, who's, uh, who's nothing to do, and no relationship with the Lord? Like how, how, how do you conduct yourself differently uh, as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, the beauty because with this Jesus. is, uh, it's a good question. The beauty with me having a Catholic business, I mean, with my secular business, I wouldn't start a meeting with, a pray- with prayer. Mm. I could, but no, it's not. Mm. It's challenging, but the whole culture, right, it's really centered around our Catholic faith. right? That's the core, uh, you know, just developing products that, I mean, you're learning your faith while doing mm. that, you yep. know, improving, and um, so it, it's, pretty, it's pretty, it's very different yeah. and, and, and unique in its own way.
0: Awesome, and, and any, any advice before we wrap up to, to young adults out there who are like, who feel a calling? Right. I, th- I, think, I think entrepreneurship is a particular kind of calling. It is. And it's not necessarily a calling to, to fill one role or do one particular thing, <laughs> but to try things out, right. to not be afraid to fail. Uh, what, what advice would you give for a young Catholic entrepreneur
1: just getting out of college like you were? I'd say be not afraid, mm. take the risk, Discern well, take your time, do your research, and make sure it's a calling. If it's not a calling, it's gonna be challenging. Even if it's a calling, it's still gonna be challenging, but trust the Lord. We have to pray. For me, what I the mistakes I did was not really talking to God all the time. Each major step, each major product, each major program that we develop, we have to be in touch with Him. Have to be in touch with Him all the time. So I would say do not be afraid, discern, take the risk, be courageous and just pray about it.
0: Mm, and the be not afraid calling, man. Right, be not You know, I, I had the same thing when I felt the Lord telling me, step out in faith. I was working for an archdiocese and like, mm-hmm. you know, go do your, I'm calling you to focus on one particular evangelistic mission, right. leave the stability of the paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, I, that's terrifying, man. But then I, I was inspired, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, entrepreneurs have always inspired me. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving down the street, every business I passed. I thought someone did what God's calling me to do right now for right. a secular business. I could do it for Jesus right. if he's calling me to do that. Amen. And that same call, be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Step out in faith. Um, dude, thank you so much for sharing this. You know, I, I, I was initially drawn to say like, I, I love the whole entrepreneurial thing. Let's dive into that. But your story, man, blew my mind. Uh, and I, I just, thanks for sharing your heart with us and Absolutely. your journey with us. It's, it's an honor talking thank to you. Thank you, thank and, you, my uh, friend. Appreciate yeah, brother, it. love you, man. Anytime. And I, and guys, I, love hope, you too. I hope you're as inspired as I was. The glory of God is man fully alive. Take a moment, not, not just with with our, with our guests and the show, with Masango, um, and check out his, his websites and apps, catholicbrain.com, .com's cool stuff. Um, but take a moment to be in awe of the people around you. Have these conversations with your friends, with your family, ask them about their story in faith if you see a beautiful sunset, you're going to stop and say, whoa, do that with the people in your life. We'll see you next week. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.